The good old clap, take one. That's right. How many of you knew what you wanted to be when you were seven years old? I did. I wanted to be a world champion. Hey, is there honesty involved in this podcast? Can we be honest? We can shut your fucking lips. And then I'll just say, put them up once. It's got. He's like, you look too pretty on the wave. Get ugly. We can talk about DMT if you want. <laughs> we never have. <laughs> yes, we, we've never talked about DMT on this podcast, but we are here. We're here for the second lineup live with the inimitable, the singular, the two-time world champion, Tyler Wright. Round of applause for Tyler Wright. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. You're welcome. So this is our, our second lineup live ever. We're here in the Rip Curl Surf Center in San Clemente. Yesterday we had Mick Fanning. That's on the feed if you want to check it out. But right now we're live on one of the social media platforms. And then this will go up tomorrow on the, the lineup feed. But Tyler, thank you for joining us uh, today. Very much appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So I, I was doing a bit of research yeah. <laughs> um, about this conversation. And I discovered that you and I have known each other for 14 years. 2008, yep. you were a 14-year-old. You were in a CT event yes. and you won it, and that's when we met. So that's a long time. It is a long time now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think our relationship's gotten better or worse? Uh, better, I feel like. It we, started high, too. It started really high, yep. and then we have more Marvel movies to talk about. So it only goes up from here. We probably could thank Kevin Feige because I feel like they're churning out more Marvel yeah. content. So yeah. we mostly just talk about that. Yeah, we mostly just talk about Marvel. And Real quickly, have you seen the new Spider-Man trailer? I have seen it, yes. What are your thoughts? I'm a bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. Yeah. Back to subject matters that do not confuse you, which is surfing. <laughs> yeah. Um, although this has been a confusing season. Yeah. Our last event was in Mexico. During Mexico, we had to cancel the Tahiti event because the French government closed its borders. Yeah. How did you find out about that news? Uh, I think it was either by Jesse or I just kind of, I don't particularly know. <laughs> I just was like, oh yeah. It was but you were down in Mexico. I was down in Mexico yep. we were at the beach because I remember we were just about to run and like pretty quickly you're like, ah, oh, so this is the last event. Mm. And this now like in my head, there was like 65 different options um, in the sense of like, Requalifies. Who's requalifying? Like, who's making final five? Like, I'm like, ooh, this just made this really interesting. <laughs> Where's the popcorn? <laughs> now, are you working it all out in your head, or are you just like, oh, I'm gonna surf and and we'll get through? No, I think I just have a turbo brain. When I found out, and I just went from zero. I was like, oh yeah, like go and surf, like sick, sick, and then it was like zero to a hundred around every different possibility, which was really fun for me. <laughs> We said it was a bit of a strange season. Yeah. We got a tragic shark attack yeah. in Maui. We go to Pipe. First time the women's CT has ever competed there. Yeah. You win. So, so on paper, you are the first Pipe master <laughs> ever. I love that for me. Another round of applause. Yeah. Really <laughs> but then it, it was a tough season. You know, yeah. I, think, I think any given year, probably since you, know, since you qualified yeah. over a decade ago through now, you're a title favorite yeah. every year. Yeah. And this year we have the WSL Final Five, and I think everyone was giving you great odds to yeah. make it into the yeah. Final Five. What were those final moments like in Mexico for you when you said, oh, I don't have another opportunity, I'm not going to be in it this year? Yeah, I think I was 
it was kind of twofold because one, I was really pissed because I, I stuffed my heat up um, more on a technical surfing issue, an issue that I shouldn't have done. I knew better and I did it twice. What was it? It was um, trying to do a new turn, like a full roundhouse. And it was kind of advice was like my coach kind of sent it through um, kind of mid event. And it was a turn I'd never done. So I've, which is sounds really weird, but there's in my kind of repertoire, I have kind of everything nailed. And when you're in a comp or in a heat, you go to what you know. Mm. Um, it was kind of adding a turn in that I was always gonna kind of misread, misjudge and screw it up. You just do that, um, especially in a wave like where we were. Right. So I kind of, I had two opportunities and I kind of turned like a, between a seven and a nine point ride into a, a three and a four and I did it twice and I was furious. Um, so that was kind of that situation. And then on the other side of it, I I was actually really proud. I know uh, six equal six in the world's not my um, best result in the sense of what I've previously done in my career, but I think contextually for me and what I had on during this year, the kind of different things for me, whether it was being injured, um, I had a lung infection at a certain time and then I took an event off as well. Um, and then also being back after kind of like two and a half years out. So a lot of this was um, a lot to do with reintegrating me back into the sport. And I kind of, once I lost and got over my little like stuff up, I was kind of pretty thrilled about how I actually went um, because I, I think I finished the year with um, my health and well-being intact, which is something I've never actually achieved um, over the last decade. I'd normally be a bit of a write-off. Well, and you and I talk about this quite a lot, but mm. I do think that it's 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 married up to the fact that you've really been in the limelight since you were like a preteen yeah. in a lot of yeah. ways, you know. And and maybe maybe just speak on it a little bit, like the last couple of years, and you sort of prioritizing that part of your life mm. in a way that has not only been good and healthy for you, but also effective for your career. Yeah. So I think it's it's one of those things where because I was so young, I was preteen. Um, and on the road and out of school and isolated and, and different things like that. I think never really, I never really learned how to balance it all out to, to be an athlete and be a human and to really kind of uh, prioritize my health and well-being and make choices um, around that. It was kind of like, oh, no, nah, like, I'll be right, you know. Sure. Yeah. It's very yeah. Australian. Yeah, yeah. You know, she'll be right. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Um, and, and I think that was one of those things where it's now I, I've probably in the last few years experienced how not fine it can get, mm. um, you know, obviously physically, but then mentally as well. I think mentally like it's taken me longer to get over the last few years than Physically, you know, I've physically been fine for well over a year and a half now, but mentally just putting all the pieces back together, I think, you know, it's it it's taken me a while. And then I think as well, like I don't I didn't particularly like how I was balancing my career and life um, and my health and well-being and my mental health before I got sick anyway. So I was like probably tinker with some things there. <laughs> <laughs> well, as you said reintegrating mm. after your illness and, and the time off, 
performing really, really well this season, finishing sixth in the world, even though it was an up and down season mm. for everybody. Yeah. Um, I'd say you're doing really, really well. And now you're here in America. Yeah. Uh, what are your movements? What are your plans? Well, at the moment, we've literally, I've been hanging out with my girlfriend. She's never traveled before. So we went up to Mammoth Mountain and we did a whole bunch of hiking and uh, saw a bunch of the lakes. And we also went fishing with my brother. Um, turns out Lily can outfish all of us. I suck. I don't have the concentration for it. Um, and so Lily, I think Lily got eight to one eight fish to my one. Um, I was very impressed with my one fish, but other than that, I did not have the concentration. That's perfect. And it sounds like it's part of, you know, you balancing your life and yep. having moments where you have to check out. And yep. we had a lot of conversations about that on this podcast. And I, I cite this one all the time, but you know, Ryan Callanan had a pretty severe knee injury and it's mm. an ongoing thing he has to manage. And he was saying, surfing it's more than a sport and it's our mm. passion and we love doing it and it's so hard to say no mm. to another session another trip mm. another contest mm. because you love it so much but in his case he's like if i don't say no i won't be able to walk yeah you know physically <laughs> but it sounds like that's part of the balancing right where it's like yeah. hey i, I it's just super fun. I want to do it all the time, but I have to take a break. Yeah. Like I think that is, it's learning how to rest and when to rest and how to recover. Um, because, you know, I think it's, we get injured all the time, right? Like even today I have got, you know, an ankle that's black and blue. And I was like, I came in and I was like, Oh, She'll be right. I should just go back out. And I was like, hold on a minute. Like, I actually don't need to. I'm essentially here on vacation. I'm, <laughs> I don't need to go back out. But I'm like, oh, it's really fun. No one's out. You know, they're always having this internal kind of conflict. But I think when what it's kind of taught me is that the older, like, yeah, like in the last few years more so, is that you don't need to push yourself every day. Um, and that's probably something that I, I don't didn't really get and I think now yeah it is more trying to be really mindful of what you're actually doing mm. and just knowing that there is limitations and that's and I think for us too like and for me personally that can be just through you know either surfing or training but then you know the different environments that we're in like some environments piss me off because you know, you just see so many things that need to kind of be changed or some environments are more emotionally taxing and mm. I kind of never really accounted for that either. And it's one of those things where, and then if you're doing, having these massive conversations around competing, it's like two hugely emotional drainers. Um, so it's something that I have this year particularly didn't get right. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping to, you know, you got to start like, learning to put in boundaries as well is like one of those things where it's a bit of a kicker because um, mostly you learn from going, ah, I just found my limit right. and it takes you a little bit to come back from that. You mentioned going on a fishing trip with your younger brother, Mikey. Yes. The Wright family has been uniquely positioned in the surfing world, especially mm. in the last couple of years, because at, at certain events, we've had three of you on tour. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's a bit brother, annoying. Mikey, yeah, that's wonderful. Like, yeah. <laughs> actually saves on the writing. It's just it's yeah. one word. It's easy. Um, Mikey, um, although he was sort of a replacement surfer this mm. year, um, mm. announced a, another non-retirement um, yeah. to, to go free surf and fish, so Godspeed, Michael. Yeah. Um, and Owen, yeah. um, who had a, a, a second child, this yep. year, um, missed a couple of events mm. for, for that. 
um, and is actually currently outside the qualification mm -hmm. bubble. So at the moment, looking at 2022, you are the, the last right standing. Yeah, it's luxury. I love it. Yeah, you'd rather, you'd rather be the, you missed out on being an only child. Yeah, I, yeah, there's five of us, honestly. They're so annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look, they've both had wonderful careers. Like, um, and Owen went to the Olympics, got a third. That was obviously huge for him. And, um, and then Mikey, I've always, yeah, Mikey's always been on that line where it's, you know, free surfer, competitive surfer. And, and you can kind of see like it's with him, it's kind of one of those internal conflicts where he just wants to go fast. And in comps, you can't always go fast. You'd sometimes have to do, you know, fall to the beach, um, which is fine. But for someone like Mikey, who's a bit more free spirited and likes to go hunting, pigging and fishing and <laughs> surfing and do big airs and um, it's, I think, probably a little bit restrictive. So I think that's really good for him. And yeah, but for me, it's like um, they've both had, you know, Owen's had an incredible career. I'm not quite sure what he's going to do next. But um, look, I, I enjoy doing the tour by myself. There's less distractions. <laughs> um, my best year was 2016 when none of them were around. Um, 2017 was okay as well, but you know, we'll, we'll make sure that we will weigh that into <laughs> Owen's wildcard application. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry, dude. Sorry, dude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like obviously it's, I've always been happy to see him do well and to kind of do whatever they want. We mentioned that, that your family is very, very special inside of surfing and, and all of you have really grown up mm. in the limelight and you've been with Rip Curl for a long, long time. When mm -hmm. did you first sign with them? I signed when I was eight. So it's probably coming up on 20 years next year around that. Yeah, it's a long time. What um, did they give you, like a, like a gold wetsuit or what goes on? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I brought it up a few years ago. <laughs> Before you're 20, like 20 is coming Come up. On, guys, I, um, I would really like an electric bike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. That's me projecting. No, because yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was like, you know, when you kind of like ask people like, oh, yeah, how long you worked for Ripco? And they're like, oh, yeah, five years, you, you know, and you're just like, oh. Yeah, you still got a bit to go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like it is, yeah, 20 years. It's almost next year, I think, which is kind of wild. Um, yeah, I had the benefit of um, getting into the surfing world in this exact shop. Wasn't this shop at the time, but yep. in this place. And um, I was talking to Mick yesterday about, you know, one of the benefits of working here is they'd give us a new wetsuit every year. Oh, that's it. So we could sell them. Yeah. We had to give it back. <laughs> we had to trade it back in. They were like, yeah. you're not keeping it. Yeah. Like, and every single year except one, I won't go down that rabbit hole, yeah. was great. Yeah. But one year was a disaster. Everyone's wetsuit fell apart and we were screwed for winter. But I was talking to Mick. I said, man, their wetsuit line these days compared to when I started, which was already very good. Yeah. Super good. I, I wear an E7. It's like the most flexible thing yeah, I've ever worn. What do, you, what do you run out here in California? Uh, at the moment, I'm in the E6. Um, that's because I didn't bring any wetsuits over. <laughs> and the E7 <laughs> sells so quickly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I can't get another one. Um, <laughs> so, But, yeah, the, I love the E7. Um, I wore that all through uh, COVID. So all through the, the break was, like, nonstop in that thing. Because I think for us, my shoulders, like, my shoulders have always given me issues um, just with how much they get pulled back. And they're just, this has been one of the best experiences I've had with a wetsuit. What do you think about lower trestles as the rib curl WSL finals venue? Yeah, I, th I've always been a big fan. I think it's an equal playing ground. 
like if you there's left and there's right it's not you're not in a death defying situation either like tahiti or pipe or you know so you can really kind of focus on performance um you know depends what kind of position you want to come from but obviously there's people that perform better in places like tahiti mm. um but sometimes like unless it's like 10 foot and deadly um you know watching little barrels come through can also get a little bit you know sure. is it kind of the same thing yeah whereas i think here you can literally have every turn you can think of it's it's soft enough it's you know it's progressive enough it's you know you can kind of get really really creative and yeah so i think it's a great neutral playing ground i think it's a great playing ground to start mm. um this kind of finals countdown process off mm. to to really kind of be like all right this is the most equal playing ground we can find you yeah. know, on the planet and then we'll just have you guys go for it you know a lot a lot of that a lot of those points we should have had you in the room when we were having these conversations mm. went into deciding right mm. because there was a lot of people in the camp of we'll have it at chopu or mm. have it at mm. pipe in december or whatever and mm. The, the the argument against it was, well, like, these are the best surfers of the season. They've mm. already had to perform in those waves, mm. and we want their performances to decide the title. Mm. Because Mick brought this up yesterday, which we've talked about a lot. At those other venues, the ocean decides. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like, I did my best, and that guy was on the 10-footer. The rest yeah. were 8-footers. That was it. Yeah. You know? um, so I think you're, you're totally right on the neutral, neutral playing field point. Yeah. It's a very unique format. Right, so yep. we've got the best five yep. surfers of the season. It's going to be a one-day event. Yep. Fifth surfer surfs against the fourth surfer. Winner of that heat surfs against the third surfer. Winner of that heat surfs against the second surfer. And then the winner of that heat surfs against the number one surfer for best two out of three. Mm. You can be honest because you're actually not in this year's event. We'll wait yep. for next year. For next year, mm. what number would you want to be? One, two, three, four, or five in that format? Um... Look, obviously, it's ideal to be one. Um, you have the best odds there. Two, you know, um, I think the story would be cool if five won. I think you could have one of those years where if someone, I think in the next few years, we could get, see some really interesting strategies come out to play, as in the sense of you got the first half, all right, you can solidify there, and then you got the back half. And it's, I, I just think, in the next few years, knowing that you've got one event to finish on, um, it depending, you know, if it's at trestles or wherever it is and where your skill set lies for that particular event and if you've already made it, um, you know, you can kind of start playing with your numbers between one and five. Right. Um, I think, you know, Carissa and Gabby this year, that their odds are in their favor. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so they should be. They've both had incredible years. They've been the most consistent in a turbulent year, which there's a lot of respect there for that. But I also think that, you know, you can get injured in a season, have a few events off, and then have an incredible back end of the year and still make the cut and yeah. knowing full well, like, um, that you can make the top five, yeah. you know, and you might be coming from five, but if you, like, nah, it's trestles, I back myself absolutely to you know, to win six heats in a day. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, is, I think that's really cool because it's, you know, you, there's more room to breathe. Yeah. Someone brought this up the other day. I can't remember who it was, but 
we've kind of focused on the physical taxation mm. of if you're number five and you have to surf through the draw and, and you should be disadvantaged because you're number yeah. five. Yeah. But someone brought up that beyond that, it's actually sort of the mental, emotional exhaustion yeah. of having to surf against the world's best surfer for 30 minutes, win, and then do it again, yeah. and then do it again. They're yeah. like, you're going to be more mentally drained than physically drained. Yeah. I was wondering what you thought about that. I think it depends, like, your approach. I think if you, I think if you put it in perspective in the sense of you do this all year long. Right. Like you do it every, you know, every event. You surf against probably these same, you know, the same four. You know, if you're in the top five, you 100% have surfed against each other multiple times throughout mm. the year. And so you kind of, depending what perspective you come from, you can just be like, nah, I got this. Like, but knowing full well that there will be challenges. Um, fire yeah like you've got the physical the mental is like i think it's where it kind of lies but even i think the mental challenge being in one is like ridiculous it's amazing i love it like you you have the best dodge no one really should beat you um but you've got like you know four contenders and then obviously one mm. um that will ultimately come up and challenge you and just that whole mentality that whole game is like it's nuts. I love it. Like, I just couldn't imagine anything more competitively satisfying. We've got great waves yeah. forecast for this event. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, more than likely, it's unofficial on this podcast, somewhere in there we're going to be mm. running this event. I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm. Who do you think is going to walk away with the world title, men's and women's? Who do I think or who do I want? You can Let's, let's start with think and then want. Okay. Well, I think it – oh, uh, so you've backed yourself into a corner I now. I think, look, I think Carissa has had an absolutely incredible year. Uh, she's been consistent. Um, she's, you know, showed up uh, to every event and and really performed in a year that, you know, there's been really a lot of inconsistencies. Mm. Um, and, you know, I think... For me, I think she is the hardest worker in the room. She's the one that is pushing this sport uh, in progressive sense. Um, and I think her time in the water is probably unmatched right now. So I think when it comes down to hard work, um, although Jojo, I think, also is another one of the hardest workers in the room as well. And I also think Jojo's story is, like, incredible. Like, if you... I think Jojo's been on the tour probably the same amount of time I've been. And if you look at her progression, and I know in the last few years, just as someone that had to sit on the couch and watch this sport, I think Jojo is the story out of this mm. because, you know, Jojo has, you know, historically probably would never have been considered a title contender. And over the last few years, she's put in time effort, hard work, and you can literally see her progression over the years. She's now, I think, number four? In the, no, number five. She's five, yeah. She's five, yeah. but I just, I think, I don't know, I, there's, I think there's just something in her story that's incredible as well, but um, we're probably drifting off subject well, it's of who's, it's, who's It's actually such a good point, sinking. though, right? Yeah. Like just, just on Joanne uh, DeFay um, yeah. from Reunion Island, so from yeah. France. She came from just an unorthodox, traditionally placed to yeah. be hyped as a world title contender. Yeah. But as you said, she was always very good. 
she put in the work and I remember like the collective shock people had when she won her first CT. Yeah. Yeah. And even the second CT. And yeah. then after a while she's like, I'm gonna keep winning these events. Yeah. So you're gonna have to kind of wrap your head around it. Yeah. But because she didn't have that huge hype machine runway yeah. that a lot of other surfers get, people took a while to come around to it. Yeah, I think that's I think her story is if not the story, one of you know, the story that's coming out of I know on the guys' side as well, there's, you know, Morgan and Connor and um those boys as well but yeah i think jojo is just literally from her story and the hard work and dedication and i think also like um putting us in better waves and has been again you can kind of see i don't know if anyone else notices this but i see it in the sense of the kind of overall progression of the tour in the last few years even from equal pay even yeah it makes a difference and you know the support that you know she had no sponsors mm -hmm. and then the support now that she's got and you know it's and when equal pays come kind of come in and it's kind of redirecting um a lot of different careers whereas you know a lot of in the past decade you'd say like in you know, a good chunk of that was run by three, you know, yeah. Steph, Carissa, and occasionally I make an appearance, but- More than a case. Yeah, but- Hold on. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and, and, but look how, you know, backed we have been, yeah. you know, I've been from day dot, Rip Curl's like backed me from the start, um, you know, Steph, Rip Curl, then uh, Quicksilver, Roxy, and same with Carissa. Mm. So, you know, we've been given every opportunity to succeed. The fact that we have succeeded is, you know, a testament to, yeah, we have been really well, both financially supported um, and, you know, in context uh, for the surf industry. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, and then that, you know, so we have been kind of not the chosen ones in that sense, but we have had that support. Whereas I think now you're going to see a whole bunch of other athletes like Joanne mm. who's now who has the support of equal pay mm. from the WSL and the influence and the direction that's kind of taking the tour along with opportunities like this it is an opportunity and these these women are going to take it. it it is a really good point I think it actually bridges to maybe your answer on the men's side too because yeah. you know the WSL I've been here for 16 years. Yeah. Certainly in the last few years, tried to be a lot of different things. Mm. But my opinion of where it is its best is in creating those conditions and that platform mm. for someone like Joanne. Mm. We have this conversation a lot with even someone like Morgan. Mm. You know, um, Morgan was not a surfer that got hyped mm. ahead of this no. year. Um, and people kind of side-eyed him when he beat John a few times. And mm. Morgan is kind of the guy that's like, doesn't listen. Mm. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what the industry says or the media says no. or anything. You're out there in the live arena. Yeah. And he's just belting world champions. Yeah. And he's earned his spot. Yeah. You know, and he will, by virtue of that, probably get paid more. Sorry, Rip Girl. Yeah. Yeah. But probably, probably yeah. will get like a ton more attention because of yeah. it. Yeah. No. Um, but on the men's side, who's your pick? You can say Morgan if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'd love Morgan. Actually, I'd love uh, Felipe. Mm. I, lo I love Felipe. I'm He's riding a quad. Yeah. <laughs> no, way. no one's talking about really? it. Really? That's crazy. <laughs> right? the hell? Um, uh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Like, yeah. I'm... I just love Felipe. I think he's... He's a good, he's a good dude. He's, you know, like every time... Look, all of the guys, they're so lovely as well. Like Gabby, Idolo... Connor, Morgs, they're, you know, it's 
they were all incredible humans. I think I've just always kind of respected uh, Felipe and, he, you know, it's kind of one of those situations where he's never won, but he's, for me, he's always been so good. So good. <laughs> and, you know, he's as well, like reset so many tones, you know, he's um, 10 at J-Bay, you know, that wave with the two airs, his performances throughout his career have always been groundbreaking for the tour. Um, and it would be one of those things where, yeah, he's he's got himself here. He's put himself, he's fought for titles before and he's kind of struggled in that, um, you know, the old format. Mm. Um, but in this new one, again, I think WSL is creating like the gnarliest competitive, satisfying arena um, for not only you know, the athletes, but also spectators. But I just think it gives an opportunity to um, to someone that has set such a standard, a new standard as well. So after um, Felipe and Joanne win the world title here at Lowers, <laughs> what are your plans between now and uh, Pipe at the end of January? Season starts. Yeah, so at the moment, um, if my flights don't get cancelled, we're going to go home. Um, <laughs> fingers crossed. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. If you maybe. hang around. Like, hey, you know. I'm not really mad about if we get, <laughs> you know, if we get um, our flights get cancelled. But, you know, it's kind of tossed back and forth between staying here um, throughout till April yeah. or to go home. But I think we're just going to go home, get visas sorted and then come back. Um, yeah, so it's pretty exciting. So we have a bunch of questions. We are live on Instagram, um, but we do have a crowd here. Does anyone here have a question for Tyler? We'll open it up to the room. I know it's intimidating. Hi, mate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here we go. What's your name, buddy? Uh, sorry, uh, Billy Reimer from Santa Ana. Big fan, Dave. Big fan, Tyler. Uh, if you could choose next year's final event, where would you want it? Um, I've always, look, I have been a big supporter of trestles. Like I know there's like a lot of different waves. Um, I, I really want to see how it goes here because I really do believe it's an equal playing field. Um, but then, you know, I'm like, yeah, give this a few years and then kind of branch out and see how we go from there. I think we, we have just come from Mexico where there's incredible waves. I think it's, it, it'll take a very special wave and a unique sort of circumstances um, to, yeah, f for me, for a wave to be really suitable for this sort of event. Yeah. Cool. Anyone else? Otherwise, we'll go to the, uh, the bots on Instagram. <laughs> All right, so the, uh, the first question we have is from Insta Tanita, who asks, excuse me, what is the next frontier for equity in surfing? Uh, I think, you know, I, um, there's a lot of different areas in surfing and it depends for me. Like, you know, I kind of look at surfing in kind of a few different modules in the sense of like there's surfing, the competitive side, surfing industry, and then there's also the kind of athlete health and well-being. Um, I think as a collective, um, like I'd, or I've always liked the idea of having better, um, but yeah, like obviously industry is always needs improving. Um, but also I think there's a huge thing for me with education and, and how to really support the next generation um, in equality and education and, and making sure that when, you know, we're giving so many opportunities and just making sure that 
um, the next generation is really given the best tools and, and what they may be. And I think we're in a sport in its infancy still um, in many ways. And, you know, we don't have a, a proper education kind of situation yet. And I've always valued mine just purely because I really felt that that's something that I wanted. And given how young I was and preteen life of being on the tour, I, I didn't get one. It's so, something you had to fight for. Yeah, it's something yeah. I had to fight for. And, you know, still in my older years and pursuing um, and trying to balance uh, and, yeah, so it's something I just think there's heaps in that and there's heaps in like, um, yeah, everywhere. You just have to look, I guess. <laughs> Great answer. This question is from Nuevo underscore Hombre, who says, you are an inspiration to so many people in the world. Who are some people that inspire you? Um, I think right now, Jesse Marley Dyer and Brooke Ferris. I think they're the two women um, that over the last, you know, probably what, yeah, 15 years um, have had a massive influence on me. I think Jesse is, you know, you can see Jesse, I think since 2012 has come and worked for the WSL. And it's, you know, as someone that was kind of younger on the tour and didn't, these having someone like Jesse influence you and kind of, um, you know, just do exactly what she does has been one of the biggest growing things for me as a woman on this tour and understanding the position that I have to speak and to to kind of take up space as well. Um, I think Jessie Marley Dyer has absolutely set the tone uh, for the next generation and is setting an agenda of equality along with the WSL and the executive team and, and the thought and the processes that go through that. Um, you know, and, and it's just in the details, you know, rising tides and, and programs like that. And I just think there's a lot um, that I've learned from Jessie and I have a massive respect for who she is and what she's doing and to kind of be in orbit of, you know, her running the tour and doing everything she does. And especially in a year like this year, we've had, you know, a cluster after another cluster after another cluster and it's, it's it's been really challenging and I know it's not easy and I know for um, a woman in her job um, who's managing both a men's and a woman's tour um, and for, you know, for me it's the first woman that I've ever seen in her role. I think, yeah, she's the first woman in that role. Um, I could, yeah, like definitely see the obstacles that she would face and to see her kind of get this year, get through this year, because it's one of those years where it's been so many unprecedented things that this is like, okay, yep, sweet, this is happening again. Yeah. Well, we're um, not done yet. So yeah, I know, yet. touch wood, but, you know, I do have a lot of respect for how how she's come in and, and the, the tone and the agenda and the, the kind of path that she's set. And I think for me that her, the representation that she represents and the visibility of her I think has been one of the biggest and most groundbreaking things in my career. And that's, you know, I've won titles, I've done a whole bunch of stuff, I've surfed big waves, but I think when she was appointed to SVP and head of tours of competition, again, it was a moment where I think I saw myself in the sport a lot longer, a little bit in different spaces. And if that's happening for me, I know it's happening for every other young woman out there that's looking to Jesse and to the women on tour and, and just at the WSL. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the same for when Brooke Farris was 
appoint recently appointed the CEO of Ripco. Now I have enormous respect for Brooke as well because you know Brooke travelled with me for four years and you know back in the day I used to call her. She my, survived. Yeah, yeah, she survived that, and uh, so she's got this. No worries. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know I used to call her my babysitter because that's just how young I was, and at the time uh, she was a you know the women's team manager, and I've seen Brooke you know, kind of go from role to different role to different role. And, um, you know, even when she hasn't had anything to do with me technically professional at Ripco, um, she's always come in supported. And to see the, I, I just think it's a, again, seeing her in that, in that role, um, it's kind of opening doors for me that I've never seen open before. I, I've, you know, I've never really seen myself in the sport much past my, competitive peak uh, and that's just because historically that's that's what surfing's been mm. so um i think yeah the two biggest inspirations right now are jesse Malida and brooke farris that's a great answer and i'd say that you're you're carrying on and propelling that tradition um mm -hmm. with what you're doing both in and out of the water so tyler Wright, thank you very much thank you uh, enjoy the rest of the season enjoy the finals and I we'll will. see uh probably in the finals next year yeah i hope so cool thank yeah. you so much thank you.